Welcome to the SIDCast, the podcast where we sit down with a fascinating guest each week to hear their story, who they are, and how they got to be that way. My name is Sid Finkelstein, a professor at Dartmouth College, and your host and guide as we embark on a journey of learning, discovery, and good old-fashioned conversation. Hi, this is Sid Finkelstein speaking to you from my own house on day I don't really know what it is of the lockdown, self-isolation, curbside pickup, Netflix and Amazon video, Zoom 24-7 world we're all in today. This is a special episode of the Sidcast where I'm actually the one being interviewed in a new podcast by Dartmouth's Tuck School of Business. The interviewer is Kirk Kardashian a terrific writer and friend and a senior member of the communications team at Tuck. And as you'll see, it's a chance to share some thoughts about my own career, my own research, the work I do with students at Dartmouth, and of course, the SIDCAST itself. This episode can also serve as a short appetizer for what's shaping up to be a fascinating lineup of season two SIDCAST episodes. While most of us remain under self-isolation with early moves to opening up the economy, and our lives opening up as well, hopefully. There's so much we don't know. And so, you know, we're, we're afraid. We don't know. Will it come back? When's it going to end? How long is it going to take to get the vaccine? Will that vaccine even, even happen? How are leaders dealing with COVID? You, remember, uh, you might remember Jared Burke. He is the, the owner of Lou's Bakery right here in Hanover, New Hampshire. I had him on in episode 19 back in June of 2019. And I talked to him recently, and he said that almost instantly his revenue got cut by two-thirds. And that is just very, very difficult for any business, let alone a small business. And he's had to scramble and been, he's been very creative in coming up with new revenue sources, using technology, creating new products, and actually really helping the frontline first responders in a variety of different ways. And he's just one of many, many people in the world of world of business that are challenged, that are being challenged so, uh, so much. And, and so now, you know, now as I'm working on several of the early episodes for season two, some of them will inevitably focus on COVID from a business point of view, from a health point of view, and most definitely from a personal point of view. I'll be bringing back Mark Shapiro, the CEO of the Toronto Blue Jays. He was my guest around the All-Star Game last year, July 2019, who's running a baseball team that has yet to play a single game this year. And when they do, it won't be the same as it was last year. Actually, it won't be the same as it ever was before. What's that like? How do you do that? What's going to happen? How will professional sports teams adapt? All these types of questions are ones we're thinking about ones everyone is thinking about, and what does it all mean for us? And there's some of the questions that I'm going to be bringing up with my guests when season two gets underway next month. Well, all this is to come. For now, here's a shorter podcast episode to tide you over, one I hope will help you get to know me a little bit better, because after all, we're all in it together. And I look forward to interacting with you soon. Enjoy, enjoy this episode. Welcome to Office Hours, a podcast from the Tuck School of Business, where we talk with Tuck faculty about research, teaching, and, well, whatever else they're thinking about. I'm your host, Kirk Kardashian. This is a special episode because it's our first podcast ever at Tuck, and for our guest, we've got none other than Sid Finkelstein, the Stephen Roth Professor of Management. Sid has been at Tuck since 1994, and he's someone who lives at the intersection of psychology and strategy. 
In particular, he's curious about why powerful people do what they do. So as a business school professor, he studies business leaders, CEOs, board members, and other top executives. Sid has published more than 25 books and 90 articles, and his most recent book is Super Bosses, How Exceptional Leaders Master the Flow of Talent. In 2019, he started his own podcast, The Sidcast, which is available anywhere you can find your podcasts. He interviews people from all walks of life and is interested in their personal story, how they became who they are, and how they accomplished great things. Sid has recorded dozens of episodes now with people such as best-selling author Jody Pico, Olympic gold medalist Keegan Randall, Toronto Blue Jays CEO Mark Shapiro, and Dartmouth President Phil Hanlon, just to name a few. We're going to talk to Sid today about the Sidcast and what he's learned about leadership in his interviews, and we'll talk about some current topics in the business world that have been on Sid's mind. So, Sid, thanks for being here today. Thanks a lot, Kirk. It's a real pleasure to be at the first podcast at Tuck. Yeah, we're honored that you courageous enough to be our first guest. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> so thank you. So I'm curious to hear about your podcast. That's definitely a new direction for you that you started last year. Had you been listening to podcasts and kind of say to yourself, oh, I'd like to do my own? Yeah. So there are two things that really got me going in that direction. One is my students are all listening to podcasts and have for some time. And as a baby boomer, I did not grow up with such a thing. And so I've had to play a little bit of catch up and I've asked students what podcasts they like. And I started listening a little bit. And I thought, well, this is a pretty cool thing. And then the second thing that happened is my nephew has been saying for a couple of years, you know, Uncle Sid, why are you not doing a podcast? You do all this stuff. You interview all these people. You do all this research and consulting and speaking. And it would be like a great thing to add. There's really not nothing like that. And I, my nephew speaks, I listen. And I decided, well, let's try it. And I started reaching out to a few people and people were very generous with their time. And season one is uh, wrapped up with 50 episodes. Kind of hard to believe that they got to there. And season two will probably start in May. That's amazing. 50 episodes. Wow. I, yeah. I don't know quite how it got to that number. I just kept going and going. And you know, the truth is these conversations have been so much fun for me because it's an in-depth conversation for about an hour. And you really get to know someone and you get to learn who they are, how they got to be who they are, and along the way, trying to draw out interesting lessons about their life, about things that listeners themselves could kind of capture and learn about themselves in the process. Yeah, yeah. You have quite a diverse array of guests on your podcast. How do you go about picking who you want to interview? Yeah, well, that's maybe a reflection of my own interest. One of the things that's driven me my entire career is kind of a restlessness and trying to do different things. And I've gone through different stages and phases in my career, and including things I've taught and things certainly I've done research on. And the style of research, the books that I've done are all in the last 15 years, really, but the first 15 to 20 years, it's a very kind of traditional academic career and uh, in-depth studies for academic journals. And so when it comes to the podcast and the people, I think we can learn from anyone. I think every one of us has a story an interesting story to tell. And for the most part, I've focused on people that are not superstar well-known. There are a couple of exceptions, but for the most part, they're people that are doing whatever they're doing and they're just interesting. And we always hear about the same people. Famous CEOs are always on these podcasts or on TV or what have you. And I can talk to them too. And I do for in other walks of my life, but the people that have an interesting job and do that job well and have an interesting backstory that got them there. I think that's what most people can resonate with. Hmm. And when you started out on this project, did you have a particular goal in mind for 
what you wanted to learn from these people or? Yeah, that's a good question. I, um, I let my curiosity take charge and each one goes in a little bit different direction. And it's a place where I'm willing to go off in different tangents and kind of put in my own two cents, my own thoughts about a topic that the guest brings out. And so I don't think I had a strong game plan. I purposely didn't want it to be a traditional leadership only podcast, even though, of course, given who I am and the work I've done, some of that's going to come out. I want it to be about life and about people. I want it to delve into personal and professional lives. And depending on what somebody would say, we would kind of go off in that direction for a while, and then I'd bring them back. The biggest thing I had to decide is what the first question was going to be, hmm. because you could be, you could talk to someone and go through their chronological life. You know, what was it like when you were a kid and where did you grow up and your parents? And I did that with some people. But other people like Jim Beattie, who's a Dartmouth alum who pitched for the New York Yankees in the World Series, I started by, tell us what it was like when you walked on the field that day when you started a game in the World Series for the Yankees. And so it was different for different people, but that got the conversation going. So it was an important framing for what the discussion would be like. I've known you since I first started working at Tuck. I think you're one of the first people I actually interviewed Hmm. as a writer at Tuck. And so I know that you're a very thoughtful and reflective person just thinks about the world very deeply. And and I wondered in your conversations with these people, what have you been taking away? And I'm sure that you've been keeping track of this in some way, what these people have taught you and the lessons that they can offer. Yeah. I mean, they are all over the map. And I have been keeping track, not ultra precise, but I've been keeping track of it because it's just interesting to see the patterns. So a couple of things that come out, I'd say one is the pathways to a career are much more varied than most people think. A lot of people, maybe this is true for Tuck students uh, as well, you think about following a path and you get your credentials and you go to work and you go deeper into an industry. And of course that happens. But I'd say the majority of people that I talked to, that I interviewed, they had a lot of zigs and zags in their career. They were willing to take some risks along the way. They were willing to let the world be discovered by them as opposed to saying, and kind of a strategy sense, here's the game plan, here's what I'm going to do. Of course, there were some like that, but most people, it was more of, of an organic process. And you discover, you learn what it is you know, what you don't know, what you like, and what you don't like. And that point really came out a lot when I asked people for advice towards the end of the podcast. I asked people for one little bit of advice that they would give a young person. And often people would come up with an answer that said, you know, I wish I wasn't in such a hurry. And a lot of young mm. people are in a tremendous, I was in a hurry. I don't know why I was in a hurry. But yeah. In a hurry to accomplish whatever you want to accomplish, right? You want to make your stamp. You want to get there. You want to get to the winner's circle. But it's a cliche, but boy, is it ever true. It's the journey. It really is the journey. And you get so much more satisfaction from being in that journey and being mindful, to use a common term we talk about now, being mindful about that journey. I really discovered that's much more common than most people think. And I also gained that insight about myself that that's kind of where I ended up moving in terms of how I think about the world. I live in the journey and the good things happen. Uh, the accomplishments happen, but I want to be able to really enjoy and learn as I'm going along. And I'd say at the beginning, or when I was quite young, I certainly was in a hurry to get to that finish line. Hmm. Yeah. And is this something that you talk about with your students? Enjoy the journey and not being in such Well, it's a, a tricky one, right, Kirk? Yeah. Because it sounds like a cliche. It goes over their heads or, yeah, I've heard that before. What's beautiful about the podcast is you just get regular people, whoever they are, they tell their story in a very personal personal terms about how they did what they did and how truly you have to be open to the zigs and the zags. It's almost like, and this is another lesson I learned, many people create a life as an entrepreneur. And I don't mean that you're an entrepreneur in creating a business. You're an entrepreneur in how you think about your life. And I found many people actually doing that. And that's one of the kind of advice things I would definitely 
share and do share with my students that each of us are individuals that we craft our careers, we craft our lives, and we have an incredible good fortune to be able to do that. Not everybody could do that. I realize that. That's just very, not only is that meaningful, but that's also something that we should try to embrace. Recognize that we have those options. Recognize that we should think about our lives as an entrepreneur. I mean, that's exactly how I ended up creating my academic career. And I didn't start, as I said, that way. And I didn't know that. It's only after, I don't know how many years, I started to reflect upon and said, yeah, you know, actually the job of a professor at a place like Tuck, you are an entrepreneur. You have that opportunity to be an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur can create and create new things and generate value in all sorts of different ways. And that's how I ended up and have continued to go down my own path. Kind of fun, actually. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That entrepreneurial mindset resonates with me as well as a writer. Yep. When you think of new ideas, that's, I think, has an entrepreneurial spirit to it. It's just, what can I write about? What can I, what new issue can I explore? And how can I bring, right. how and can I bring it to the world? Exactly. And in your case, you know, you work at Tuck, you know, you've written a book yourself that has nothing to do with Tuck, but something you were passionate about, something you cared about. And I'm sure that experience was very, very fulfilling. Yeah. So in a more traditional career path, say, a job that a Tuck student would be interested in, how do you think they could think about that in an entrepreneurial way? Well, I think one of the things that differentiates high performers from the highest performers is that both cases, they'll do the job they've been assigned to do. Their boss will be happy with them. But the highest performers are going to do more than their boss asked for. In fact, they're going to do something that their boss maybe didn't even think about. And so it's not that you're, you're, still, you're still getting your KPIs, you're still accomplishing what you are supposed to accomplish, but you've also added something. And, you know, my research on super bosses, this is almost a standard practice in the super boss world. They're looking for people, these super boss leaders are looking for people that can get the job done and can also teach them something that they didn't know themselves. And this is true for even, you know, for, for almost every one of the super bosses, even some of the most powerful, strong-willed, Larry Ellison's, you know, from Oracle of the world that are very, very demanding of what they want. Larry was never more happy than when he was learning something new from somebody. Now, you better be able to defend that point of view, right? He was going to kick the tires on it, but that's fair. So actually, you could do that. You do your job, you do it at a high level, but that shouldn't be the end of the day. You're learning so much. Be curious, expand your network, talk to a lot of people, and then say, okay, what else can I add here? If you have a job where there's not a lot more you could add, of course, you start to think about, I always talk about the slope of, of learning. When that slope of learning starts to flatten out, that's when you're looking for a new job. It's all about learning. And by the way, sometimes, often people buy into that idea, but they limit it to the earlier part of their careers where you got to learn your you learn your career, learn about banking, learn about consulting, learn about the energy industry. Yes, you got to do that, but that learning should never end because you're just, you're, you're shortchanging yourself. You're taking away some of the fun, really fun of what you can accomplish. You're not being that entrepreneur that I, that I talked about. So yeah, I think doing some of the things we're, we're talking about are absolutely possible for Tuck students, for, for Tuck alums. Okay. So you've learned that careers tend to zigzag and they follow a long and winding road, so to speak. Yes. Um, uh, you've learned to think entrepreneurially about your life and career. What else have you learned? Well, related to that last point is creativity. I, I, I've just been so pleased to see creativity in so many forms. There is not a job out there, and I'll just kind of have to put parentheses around that job out there that people in the Tuck community will end up doing uh, where creativity cannot be part of that. And every, almost every one of the people I talk to, they create this entrepreneurial life, but closely related to that is, is, uh, is creativity. And, and then, you know, another lesson I, I learned is, you know, people talk about work-life balance. It's a very common term. And I'd say the consensus 
coming out of the conversations that there is no such no such thing, which is not necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. But many of the people I talk to, and this goes even into the super bosses research, they don't separate work and play as much as we kind of think we, we could or we would. And it doesn't mean you're not spending time in your personal life. It means you're looking for ways to integrate that personal life into the work life. And I don't know if that's going to be satisfying for a lot of people. Some people want to have that total separation. Uh, that's okay. I get that. But that's hard to do for tough jobs, for high demand jobs, for jobs that you know really um, are for high aspiration people when you're really on that trajectory of growth. And so most people I talk to, they, they look for opportunities to integrate the two across the, the personal life and the professional life. And philosophically, it makes actually a ton of sense for me because we are only one person. People say, well, I have my work life, I have my personal life. Yeah, you can try to do that if you want, but we only have one brain. We only have one bundle of emotions. We only have, you know, one, we're only one person. And so personal and professional are, they're coming from the same headquarters. And so we could try to compartmentalize, but that's creating a, I think that's creating a kind of a false dichotomy between the two. Maybe not for everyone, but that's certainly what I saw and certainly what I've tried to do as well. And think about the benefits. You know, when we, my wife and I invite tuck students over for dinner or meet at Pine or somewhere else, is that professional life or is that, you know, personal life? That's kind of melding the two and there's a benefit to both. I've really enjoyed over the years having and counting many Tuck alums as friends, as colleagues, really. And that's been very rewarding. And so is that personal? Is that professional? Excellent. So the SIDCast, I've listened to it. I enjoy it. Thank you for doing it. I hope you keep doing it. And I'm sure you're going to keep finding interesting people. So yeah, I think that'll wrap it up for us today. It's been a pleasure to talk with you, Sid, as usual. And I really want to thank you for being our first guest. And I hope to talk to you in the future about other interesting issues. Kirk, it's been a pleasure. You have a bright future as an interviewer in the podcast business. (laughs) And uh, thanks for inviting me. Thanks for listening to the SIDCast. I am so appreciative that you've chosen to listen to, to this episode. And I'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions, suggestions for guests, or any suggestions at all, please contact me via our website, www.thesidcast.com, or email me directly, sidfinkelstein at gmail.com. If you like what you heard, I hope you'll tune into another one of our episodes, and please give us a five-star review and share with others who you think would enjoy and benefit from the show as well. The Sidcast is produced by the Podcast Laundry Production Company and always recorded live and in person with our guest of the week.